He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show Live Edition. I'm Anthony Irwin. As always, uh, we do this every single Tuesday afternoon. Uh, today, we actually have some iTunes questions to start with. We obviously also have some news to get to as it pertains to the Lakers. Uh, DeAndre Jordan is no longer a Laker, and they welcome DJ Augustine and Wenyan Gabriel um, reportedly. So we are obviously going to talk about those guys. Uh, but yeah, let's start with the um, with the questions. And actually, I see Aaron is already on here. So I'm going to go ahead and add Aaron uh, Larsoul, who is always kind enough to hop on here uh, with us. And then he and I do our show together every Friday on The Hook. Um, Aaron, actually, the, the first question here, if, if you're ready to go, uh, pertains to you. Don't. <laughs> uh we don't need to get too specific here because i don't want to I don't, I don't want this question to uh cost your job but <laughs> frederick this this is not me uh Kay Izzle is writing um in itunes uh on the itunes reviews what does aaron do for the lakers is he uh total the total incompetence of the front office also, his audios is always terrible, and he says uh and um a million times every show, and that's all I hear since his audio is terrible anyways. Um, hey, whoever this person is, be nicer to Aaron, man. Shit. No, no, no don't be nicer to me. I, you know what? I actually listened back to our last uh, spaces, and um, my audio isn't as good as yours. Are you doing it from, from your computer? Should I, should I go... Should I go log in on, on my computer? Because I do it from my phone because um, I don't use Twitter on my on my computer. So I'm, I'm on my phone and my my AirPods. I hope the audio when we do the hook that I do from uh, from my computer, I hope that audio isn't as bad. But should I go log in? I can log in on my computer. Let's do that. Let's no, fix- well, no, no. Here's, here's, a, here's the issue with the with Twitter and, and this whole spaces concept. It is just mobile. There is no, there is no desktop form. So what I literally do, uh, I'm recording myself locally right now through my, yeah. And then I go back and then I combine, and then I combine the audio and it's this whole, it's this whole ordeal. So what is, uh, whoever, who was, was it Frederick you said had the question? I don't know if the subject is Frederick or it's, it's this person, Kay Izzle, who has left a bunch of, yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Kevin. All right, so Kevin, I apologize. Hopefully you listen to The Hook uh, on Fridays and my audio is better then because I'm on my computer with the, you know, the full setup as opposed to when we do this show where I'm on my AirPods and my phone. Um, to answer your first question, which is what does Aaron do for the Lakers? And am I responsible for um, whatever you <laughs> want me to be responsible for? Uh, yeah. Did, did you ever see the show, Martin? You know, I'm sure you know the show, Martin. You're, you and I are similar vintage. I'm older than you, but of similar vintage. Yeah. You remember the sitcom, uh, Martin? Uh-huh. Uh, so there was uh, Tommy, uh, Martin's friend on Tommy. And everybody used to wonder what the hell he did 
what his job was and no one he claimed he had a job but no one ever knew so that is basically what i do for the lakers um <laughs> you're the wolf right you're the you're the cleaner uh yes <laughs> uh, in actuality the actual answer to that is uh, i uh trudell and i were doing a, a the official lakers podcast that has been on hiatus for a little while um other than that i consult in basketball operations i help out there when when there is when the right person uh when the right decision maker has a question uh sometimes they will will seek my input on basketball decisions and and i give my input um and at home games uh i i traveled with the team prior to the pandemic now i do not uh the traveling party has shrunk and i'm not sure i want to be doing that anyway maybe i will again at some point um i at home games i am responsible for making sure that everybody has a good time in in certain areas and in certain rooms and making sure everybody is nice and liquored up and having a good time and uh <laughs> and let's say let's say i consult in basketball operations and so and so if, if any of you guys were ever curious why aaron and i get along so well Making sure people are nice and loose and liquored up is like essentially what I do for Silver Skin and Roll too. So like we're we're <laughs> kindred spirits we are kindred spirits, brother. So yeah, no, and 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 like as far as like the incompetence and stuff like that goes, like they had a bad off season. They're a couple seasons removed from a championship, and it's it was such a bad off season that it kind of has to shake everybody to reality of like, okay, yeah, we can't do that again. Right. Like I would imagine everybody there in the Lakers facilities is saying like, yeah, we can't have another off season like that one again. Well, here's all right. Um, here's, the, here's the interesting part about that. Oh God. Is, no, oh. no, 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 no. You're correct. You're correct. Okay. <laughs> you're correct. You're correct. Um, but yeah, you're not wrong. But every every season after the season is over, good, better, otherwise, you know, however the season goes, there's kind of a postmortem on the season. What worked, what didn't work, and you try to do your the best you can to establish why whatever worked worked and why whatever didn't work didn't work. And you hopefully learn those lessons and try to apply that going forward. I, I will be honest. I think that I, I'm doing air quotes here. You can't see me, but I'm putting up air quotes here. I think we mm -hmm. air quotes have um, swung a little bit too far in certain directions um, in trying to apply certain lessons, but yeah, like this has not been nobody fans, players, coaches, front office ownership, Anybody that works there, ushers, popcorn sellers, nobody thinks this <laughs> no, no, is no. good enough. No, the only people who I would say are really doing their job in and around the Lakers organization are the ushers who have been dogging the Clippers. Those, those, those <laughs> fair, all right, fair. Those guys are doing their job better than anybody, basically, in the NBA. But to, so to answer that question, <laughs> I mean, like the truth of it is, nobody thinks this is good enough, and. You and I talked, uh, I think it was in here, not necessarily on the hook, about kind of the championship or bust mentality. And sure, there are incremental 
there's incremental progress that can be made and there can be victories um, without winning a title. And there can be positive seasons, I guess, without winning a title. Mm-hmm. But any season, I, I can assure you, ownership, the front office, everybody. If the Lakers don't win a title, including this year, the season is a failure. It doesn't mean there can't be some positive and maybe things that you can grow on taking forward. Um, but this season is a failure. I don't think the Lakers are going to win a title. And this season, thusly, is a failure. And as much as fans care, and I was at the game, uh, uh, what is today? I don't even know what today is. Today's Tuesday. Sunday. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, today's Tuesday. Sunday, I was at the game, and fans were booing. And it was hard to hear, but I understand it. The, that effort wasn't was plainly not good enough. And... I guess it's important for me to say, or not important, but I want to say that anybody that has a hand in this and shaping this cares as much as you do. Everybody in this space is fans. Everybody cares as much as you do and wants to win as badly as you do. Um, And so this season thus far has been a failure. It plainly has. And those lessons have to be applied in the off season. Well, and like, like, you know, look, we have a couple other ones that I'll just read off really quick because they don't even question. So uh, Loopster2347 says, don't ever waste 10 minutes of my time again talking about a dating show. Look. <laughs> I've had people on Twitter asking, when is this actually happening? Yeah, look, uh, Love is Blind is no is no ordinary dating show, you you monster, Loopster. Uh, it is, it is like, it, in terms of in terms of dating shows, it's The Sopranos. It's the wire like it is it is that good. So if it comes up again, which it won't like it's the, the, the second season's already over. But but if it comes up again, I'm not apologizing. Uh, and then the other one is saying um, from JRD 603, Anthony should start another show about doing nothing for a living. Um, look, I do stuff here. Here I am right now. I'm even on schedule. All right. So we'll move on and, and segue and use that opportunity because, uh, Aaron, you made a point there about, you know, the the I guess tiers of success when it comes to a season and the Lakers like if they wouldn't have waived DeAndre Jordan and if they would have just ran out this season as currently or previously constructed um, then it would have been you know unmitigated disaster like not almost nothing good came from this season uh, other than like Reeves Reeves would be like the only good thing that came from the season and and Monk I guess but like and and possibly and possibly Stanley, who it is up to the Lakers if the Lakers want to keep him going forward as a team option for next year. Uh-huh. So well, and 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 like that, that could, could be like, another one. I'm using I'm using Stanley actually as a launch pad here, and like as they were kind of if they would have just carried out the season, playing the same rotation of guys, relying on the same number of of role players who have gotten them to this point in the first place. Um, then I would have said, yeah, there is no outcome to the season that I would have walked away saying zero mo- momentum heading into the offseason. But if they start playing the Stanley Johnsons more, if they give a legitimate shot to Winyan Gabriel, if they if they do start playing a THT Reeves and Monk together more, uh, then that gives you some positive momentum heading into the latest, most important offseason in Lakers history. And that like that's that's where I would say, you know, that would that would uh, distinguish this season or, or d- differentiate this season from from 
yeah, it was just, it was just all bad. And, and I think that should be the focus here. And look, I wouldn't even be surprised if anything, I would be surprised if it didn't turn out this way. If the Lakers start giving younger guys a shot or young guys that have been playing well this season, more of a shot, I, it would sur- legitimately surprise me if the Lakers didn't start playing more inspired basketball. Because a lot of these vets, like whether they're on their last uh, legs or or if they are already looking ahead to what's their next opportunity going to be, like they have no reason at this point. They have they, there is no way to like prove themselves all over again here. They are who they are. But for young guys and guys that are fighting to stay in the league, those are the kind of guys who do give you a shot in the arm during the doldrums of a season. And trust me, <laughs> this this segment of the season right after the All-Star break is the doldrums. Like that's where they are right now. That February stretch uh before you really get into playoff pursuit, that is that's where the Lakers are right now. And I would like to see some of the young guys leaned on. So Aaron uh and and we'll we'll start taking some some requests here in a second too. But Aaron, what are the what's the likelihood that the Lakers do start kind of organization organizationally uh shifting more towards youth and and kind of jump starting a pseudo rebuild at the end of the season i don't even know if it's actually a rebuild if you do that because yeah i think i think it might just be playing the better players <laughs> well, I, well i don't even know i mean partially yes yeah um but i don't even know if it's that so much i think that Throughout the season, frankly, right? I'm going to be honest here. Throughout the season, the issue, and there have been tons of guys. LeBron has been hurt and out, and AD has been hurt and out a bunch. But I don't. I think. I think the Lakers' biggest issue has been a a an effort and a want to and a playing playing hard is one thing, but there is also a component of that that is that requires an attention to detail there's there's like a mental focus that is included in playing hard and look it's it's human nature right you're gonna have guys if you have guys you know trevor ariza is in his 148th year and dwight's in his 156th year and, and they're moving you know, like it poor ariza man like i'm sure you, but that's you sit that's, you sit close enough to the court aaron can you actually hear trevor ariza moving like does he creak is there like uh, does, does do somebody know. need to shoot him with some oil? Yeah, what is that? Was it the Tin Man and uh, <laughs> Wizard of Oz? They get the little that little uh, that like old school. It looks like the flower pot or the flower watering thing with the very thin spigot thing. That yeah, uh, I swear, like every time he needs to change directions, you hear him go, "Ah, shit." Okay, here we go. <laughs> I mean, look, look, Trevor has not been good. No, and. When you, when you watch him move around, I feel that because I am 44 years old and have had like 21 surgeries or something and can't move anymore. And so I feel like I, I can relate to that. But Trevor, frankly, Trevor looks old. Um, so there is like a play hard component. And to be fair, like I, I'm not sure Trevor, Mello, Dwight, like, et cetera, I don't know how much harder they can play. This may be their physical, the, the physical limitations that they have. But there has also been a, there's also a, a, a mental component to that, a, a staying mentally focused that, that if, 
to require that allows you to play hard, right? If you're not paying attention, that requires some mental focus also. So it may not even be so much playing the best guys, the younger guys are the better guys, but they may be playing harder just because they are able to. And that is the shot in the arm that I think the Lakers need to help get wherever they're going to get. Because frankly, there has just been a malaise around that I think some of the younger guys who are not as established and maybe are playing for their NBA lives. Either we've, we've seen it with Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson was nowhere and was playing for his NBA life. He was not, he has not been as good recently, but he's going to play hard. Some of that's just in his DNA. Avery Bradley is just, Avery Bradley hasn't been good either, but Avery Bradley is going to play hard. Austin Reeves is going to play hard. So some of it is just in your DNA about where you come from as a basketball player. And it's just in your DNA. So I think the infusion of effort and and youth and hopefully athleticism and want to, I think, is going to benefit the Lakers. So I do think we are going to see a more of a youth movement. And I don't think it's about a rebuild. I think it's just this team needs some give a damn and needs some want to and needs some effort that I think some of the younger and less established NBA guys can give. All right, so... I, we're in. There's a bit of a gray area here when we talk about you know prospective signings. Now, both DJ Augustine and Winnie Gabriel are currently free agents. That's how the Lakers were able to sign them. Are you allowed to talk about them yet, or do we have to wait for the official announcement? Uh, no, I can talk. I can talk about them because they're 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 not with other teams. All right. Uh, so if you're wait if you're waiting for if if it has been reported but they're on another team and the waiver period hasn't hasn't happened to make them free agents, then I have to wait. But they are not with other teams, so I can't. All right. So uh, we, we, we could talk about DJ Augustine just kind of really briefly. And, and I'll, I'm, I'm sure this is one. Actually, let's save DJ because that's the one I think that is going to get the most kind of conversation from uh, other people who are waiting in line to talk. But uh, let's start with Brent Winning Gabriel, and in the Silver Screen and Roll Slack, you actually pointed out something here about the way that uh, his contract works and, and the way that two-way contracts work. He actually um, would not be able to participate in the playoffs as a two-way player, and the Lakers would have to waive somebody uh, in order to, to, to free up a spot, a roster spot, if they do think that he can play in the postseason. What are, like... I I honestly had forgotten about that aspect that that wrinkle here, but but like why then make him the two way player and uh, not DJ Augustine, who the Lakers are set at guard and especially small guards, like they're 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 good there because DJ Augustine is not eligible two way eligible. You can uh-huh. yeah you can you can only have a two way contract. I think it's your first three, maybe it's your first four yep. years in the NBA. So. DJ Augustine has too much service time in the NBA to be a, a two-way player. So that's not an option. As it relates to uh, Gabriel, he is not – presently, two-way players are not eligible for the playoffs. I am not sure about playing games because the NBA has – at least in, in stat keeping, has this weird thing where the playing games, the stats in the playing games – don't count for your regular season stats, nor do they count as your playoff stats. They are kind of their own individual entity. Mm-hmm. It's the I, middle place from the good place show. Sure. I've never seen that. 
man. Somebody that sounds like, somebody that, sounds like get... a show. that sounds like a show with a lot of white people. I haven't seen that. Uh, no, uh, one of the main characters. Well, all right, that's not great, right? <laughs> that show has a black friend. <laughs> yeah, right. You're, uh, if you can, if you can, if you can count the other, what is it? John Rock was John Rocker, right? The, the brave yeah. loser, right? Yeah. Who said like all I, kinds of horrible stuff, and he was like, "No, I've had, I know, like I have uh, three black friends or something." Yeah. If you can count how many, if you can like enumerate any friends of a certain ethnic yeah. group or race or whatever, yep. we've got issues. Um, yeah, I just anyway. saw. I just saw into my soul right there. Like, yeah, I like. I heard myself. No, there's a black like... guy on the, the good place. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah, there you yep. go. Uh, there That's you my go. bad. Um, so I don't know. So no, I've never seen the good place. Um, yeah. Even though my my sister uh, back in the day used to work on it. Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But so I don't know, like. It is the playing game as as far as record keeping for the NBA is kind of the lost place instead of the good place. Like nobody <laughs> knows exactly how to treat it. I have asked around about this and I haven't gotten a definitive answer yet. I suspect as it relates to two way players, they will not be eligible for the plan. That is my suspicion, but I don't know that for a fact yet. But two way players are not eligible for the playoffs slash postseason. So Unless, you know, whatever we see from from Wenyan, however much chance he gets, if he looks like he may be more helpful to uh, the Lakers' playoff chances or playoff roster, if he was going to be eligible to play in the playoffs, that would require him joining the 15-man roster. And there are no roster slots available. So that would require waiving um, somebody else. And you have up until the last day of the regular season to do that. There's a there's also kind of a misconception about buyout guys and their availability. It is not that they have to be signed by March first to be available for the yeah, playoffs. They have to be, be eligible waived. for the playoffs. They have mm-hmm. to be waived by March first. So if there's any free agents out there that get signed, um, you can go up to the last day of the regular season to have them playoff eligible. But as it stands right now, uh, as a two-way player, Wenyan Gabriel would not be eligible for the playoffs, and I don't think I'm about 95% sure he would not be available for the play-in. Yeah, and, and my dreams of Damian Jones getting getting waived and being picked up for a playoff run have been that ship, it, that ship has sailed, brother. <sighs> I, I forgot to make a drink. I should have made a drink specifically for this moment. Um, all right, let's. I, uh, let's... I made no. I made no such mistake. <laughs> I, I do have I do have that makers right behind me. I might I might just take a swig of it while somebody else is talking without anybody else knowing because I'm not on video. Um, let's bring in let's bring in uh, some other talkers, some other speakers here because the DJ Augustine, yeah, the the DJ Augustine aspect of this is where I think there will be some disagreement here. Me personally, and I'll I'll go ahead and do this in the background. So Edwin. Uh, I will add you as a speaker and Shub. I will add you as a speaker. Um, I'm, I'm from where I'm standing right now. As soon as they waived DeAndre Jordan, I'm I'm good. I'm set here. The Lakers are are better without DeAndre Jordan on the roster. It was funny they were down by 17, desperately needed to go on a run, and DeAndre Jordan got inserted into the game, and immediately everybody watching was like, "Well." <laughs> Shit. All right. <laughs> we know how this one's going. And, and you know, the game got even further out of hand. Um, now, would I have preferred that they had gone in the direction of more of a wing? 
uh, shooting guard wing type of player? Yeah, probably. I would have maybe even given a look to uh, Tyreek Evans or whatever. Um, that's the direction I would have probably gone in. But at the end of the day, what I cared a lot more about is that they did something. So I'll start with uh, Edwin here. So Edwin, uh, the DJ Augustine edition, are you are you parsing between, uh, you know, c- continued pursuit of guard play from, from this front office? Or are you like me where you're more of like, you know what, they did something and DeAndre Jordan is no longer Laker. I'm, I'm not going to go too much further with my expectations here. Yeah, I'm, I'm more where you are, Anthony. Um, I feel the same way. It's addition by subtraction. You know, getting rid of DeAndre Jordan just gets rid of a slow player who just cannot play anymore and also doesn't see the court very often. You know, it, it's pretty amazing. He went from starter to he is like, you know, second to last on the bench next to Kent Bazemore. So I, I think Kent Bazemore can even give you more. So for that reason, that was the, first the other first starter there. Yes, the other, yes, the other that that yeah. wonderful opening night against the Warriors. Yes, we remember mm-hmm. vividly. Um, so, so I'm glad they moved him because it felt like, hey, you're not using him anyway. He's washed. It doesn't make sense. You know, you don't need all 16 players to be superstars. But if it's if he's literally unplayable, what's the point? And and the team's not rolling. So you need you need all the help you can get. I wasn't really mad about the extra point guard. I know people were like another guard. I'm like, yeah, well, also. We're struggling with guard play as well. So, you know, giving someone an opportunity, you know, just taking a fire on a guy, you know, obviously this probably means, you know, I mean, we haven't seen Kendrick Nunn still. So, you know, they specifically the tweet from Shams mentions a backup point guard role, which is supposed to be Nunn's role. So they're accepting the fact that who knows if he'll ever even come back or ever play. And maybe you give DJ a chance to, to earn that spot and earn that position. So that's how I feel about that move. I was overall happy with it. Shab, how, how are you feeling about Augustine? How you guys doing? Uh, thanks for bringing me up again. Uh, I, I'm on both your uh, sides here at Edwin, um, and so I completely agree. It's it's. I had a space yesterday right after the, the news, and uh, there needs to be a YouTube compilation clip of like players making the play that gets them traded or waived, because uh, we definitely <laughs> saw that from DJ uh, yesterday. I am there's no, no one anyone can say that can convince me otherwise that that pass uh, was the final straw or the only straw, pretty much. My. Uh, the, my, the locker my, my room, the locker running, room presence, like finally ran out for him. Apparently, my favorite running theory here, because apparently, apparent uh, according to uh, Daniel Starkin, Rich Paul was in the vicinity of that of that pass, <laughs> and I, I love the idea of like Rich almost getting domed by a DeAndre Jordan pass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so this guy's no, out. seriously, no, <laughs> seriously, get this guy out of here. No question. Rich, and it's just, I, I, I was <laughs> celebrating I, in my space. I was playing YouTube clips. I would just throw throw in a party because uh, finally it took 60 games to do it. And that was kind of the reaction from my audience as well was just that, you know, it took like took this long. It's either too uh, better late than never or it's just too late, you know. So, I mean, people can choose the size that they want. I think this is a great thing. Um, moving into the DJ Augustine, I agree with you again where we need to stop as a fan base stop incrementally uh, defining players in the depth chart because we are a losing team. We have no time to be evening out this depth chart between guards, forwards, and centers anymore. We need guys that can play basketball, simply put. Mm. Like, <laughs> like that's how low our talent has been. Uh, people, uh, what the realization that I came to recently um, after the Pelicans game is just that, listen, like, 
and I, I've been alluding to this earlier in the season. It's like we can harp on the effort, we can harp on like you know the the consistency and the defense and things like that. But with the roster construction and what we saw from the trade deadline, if you're just not good enough in this league, you're just got not good enough. And that's something that Laker fans can't really comprehend, myself included, because we are so competitive and so used to this winning uh, culture that. We always believe that we're good enough. We're always believe we have belief uh, in this team, especially. And it's kind of harder to get away from that mindset when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I, I, I urge people to think that, you know, we need to just get better and get playmakers. That's what DJ Augustine is um, and, and someone that can facilitate, lead the second unit, shoots 41 percent from three in limited time. So, you know, it, it's just good to see that. Now, will that translate, you know, with our coaching deficiencies and putting him in the right position to succeed? We will see that tonight if he's able to play. So I like the move on paper, but you never know it's a crapshoot with this coaching staff. And, and, and you know, we'll see what happens with him and, along with Wendy and Gabriel. Aaron, uh, a, couple, you, a, couple, hold on, a couple of things. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, Rich, so I sit like directly across from the Lakers bench mm-hmm. and uh, Rich sits just to, to the left of me a little bit and he is on the baseline in the front row mm-hmm. um close to the corner a couple seats over from the corner that's about where that ball landed deandre's pass was so bad i don't think rich was it's rich is in the front row i don't even think rich was in <laughs> in jeopardy there that pass was so bad wow. i don't think the i don't think the front row like you know they do it at, i don't even do they still do this do they still have this place in san diego they had the the uh, water world or whatever world it was. Sea world. Sea world. Sea world. And they used to have the they used to have the orca right that would like oh the splash would dive zone. in and it would be the <laughs> like if you were in the first few rows you were in the splash zone right. I think DeAndre's pass was so bad. I don't think Rich was in the splash zone in the in the front row. I think <laughs> they had, had to, to extend the splash zone. You had to be five or six rows back. <laughs> I, I'm not even positive that ball has landed yet. To be completely honest, like he. Remember how they used to do that with some like homers that that you know like Maguire or Sosa. How far did it fly? You know what you're talking about. How far did it fly? Yeah, Chris Berman's somewhere out there like charting out DeAndre Jordan's pass. He's still saying back, 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 back. It, it still hasn't landed. It's the worst <laughs> pass I've ever seen from San Fernando. No, 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 no. It's not the worst. I, there was a, there was a, there was a game like. Oh man, maybe it was a week, ten days ago. Uh, I'm a basketball like junkie. I have a problem, among other vices and problems I have. Um, <laughs> basketball is one of them. So I was watching a Wizards game, and because you know I wanted, to, I wanted to check in on my man Kuz. He had the single worst passing game I've ever seen in my life. He threw like he threw three or four of those during the game. Um, but yeah, as it relates to uh, DJ Augustine. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, like, what what role do you see for him, well, and, so and if you've the, done any poking around have, him, like, what role have, the Lakers see for him? Um, here's the cool. thing: I think I think he is going to be kind of a traditional backup point guard. He's a 38 percent career three point shooter. What that means, whether there's been some peaks and valleys, you know, throughout the years, but what that means is he is not someone that you can ignore, that defenses can ignore, right? And and mm-hmm. just just walking in, whatever he looks like, walking in, defenses are going to care if he has an open three. So that in and of itself is going to, is going to provide a little bit of space. Um, I, there, are not, <laughs> there are not a lot of guys that defenses care 
if they're going to shoot an open three. AD, no one cares, right? He 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 hasn't shot the ball well. Russ, mm-hmm. no one cares. Um, Rondo, like even when Rondo was shooting forty plus, like they don't care. You saw other defenses where it was just like, okay, he has, yeah, a, he, has right. he has a reputation as a competent three point shooter. So that it, just the reputation of that alone is going to help. Um, and as it relates to, uh, you want a guard, a point guard, another point guard, or wing depth or whatever, if you're going to waive DJ, um, who, who, which wing do you want? And here's what I know. Do I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure DJ Augustine can play anymore. I don't know. I'm not sure. But what I do know is DJ can't. And so just replacing a guy that I know yeah. can't play with a guy who maybe can play, the Lakers are better because of it. Yeah, I, I so and and to be clear, when you say DJ can't, you're saying uh, DeAndre yes. Jordan. Can't. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying D A. Yeah, because we're talking about a DJ, right, and you're right. saying DJ can't. I'm like, yeah, just to, just okay. just to make so, sure. So yeah, I, rest, I agree with all rest, of that. For the rest of this space is DeAndre Jordan will be D A J. And DJ Augustine <laughs> will be DJA. How about that? Wow, they took oh. DJ's. He took DJ's name already. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, honestly, I know DeAndre like, Jordan can't play. Yeah, DJ Augustine. I have concerns. Maybe, maybe not. However, replacing a guy who might be able to play, if you go from a guy who we know can't play to, and unfortunately, even though we know he can't play, was still occasionally getting minutes. To a guy that maybe can play, maybe not, but at least is respected as a three-point shooter, that is a net positive. And the Lakers are better off because of it. Yeah, that's that was essentially what I said in the lowdown yesterday. Just as soon as DeAndre Jordan is no longer an option that Frank can lean on, that makes the Lakers that much better. And then, you know, on top of that, like the, the, the floor spacing thing from the point guard position is not something like... Monk has played some, you know, that, that like pseudo point guard position where LeBron is out there and he's essentially the point guard and Monk is like the smallest guy on the court. Um, and, and that like has been some of the times where I thought the offense looked the best because, yeah, like, like it, it turns out the more space that you can give uh, LeBron AD when he's healthy or even Russ in some spots, uh, THT especially, like I think this DJ signing really helps THT because it turns him into more of a secondary ball handler and it spaces the floor for him more with those second unit lineups. And, and it allows, I think, uh, THG to be able to, to, to get into the key a little easier than he's been getting into the key when he is focused kind of solely on those second unit lineups. So I, I, I'm fine with the, the Augustine signing for all of the stuff that you're talking about, Aaron. Um, and then on top of everything else, like, I have watched DJ Augustine light up the Lakers for what feels like half of my lifetime. And if he can just play for the Lakers the way that he has played over his career against the Lakers, then the Lakers just signed a Hall of Famer. Like, <laughs> like this guy this guy might wind up being Nick Van Exel uh, you know, two times over. So I have I have one special request. If we may yeah. if I may. Sorry. It started dis- to No, go for it. I, I was but like, but but uh, our boy Darius is, I see, in in listening in chat. Is it? I I would like him to ask to be a speaker, just so I can ask him something, so he can give his, so he can give his iconic answer, yes and no. 
So Darius, I know you're listening. <laughs> Please request so I can ask you anything and just hear you say yes or no. That's all. <laughs> well, he he might. I we'll we'll see. I can ask him if he wants to, but I, I my my guess is uh, he will he will decline the the opportunity. But um, so as far as, as oh, go ahead, Chubb. Was that you? Yeah. I was just going to continue the DJ Augustine kind of uh, analysis behind the the chess move of the signing, uh, if I may. Uh, I was talking yesterday with some people just about what this means going forward at the point guard spot, right? How this kind of relates to Russ and contracts moving forward, right? When we think about, okay, we're signing a backup point guard, Russ's contract now becomes more valuable as an expiring, right? Uh, so if we move off that if dj augustine plays well we haven't had a backup point guard all season like a, a legit point guard so if he outshines everyone and performs like a stanley johnson or performs like an austin reeves that is an option we have moving forward going to next season right if you remember we traded for or signed andre drummond and that didn't pan out right we couldn't get rate to or get weight we couldn't wait to get rid of him right so you know mm -hmm. if this pans out in the opposite direction we have some stability moving forward uh with guys that we're pretty confident that are going to return next year uh, such as like an Austin Reeves, maybe a Malik Monk, things like that. So look for that kind of th that wrinkle in it, the, the timing of the signing, things like that about, you know, maybe Russ's replacement. In a sense. Because listen, if LeBron James can win back to back championships with Mario Chalmers at that at that point, And if we know that LeBron's going to take the ball in his hands anyways, no matter how often in the offseason we say we want to get LeBron more rest and get him off the ball more, he's going to take it at the end of the day. Yeah, and so if we can have a guy very off ball next to him, like a DJ Augustine, who doesn't demand much, uh, it's a very it's a very low risk, high reward kind of thing in my book. Well, I, I think I think that is a that is an important point because LeBron teams have thrived with a point guard that is a threat from distance that can provide mm -hmm. space, you know, can play off the ball uh, when LeBron has the ball and provide space. But I think but I think part of it is. Another interesting part of it, another part of it that you just mentioned, Chubb, that I think matters is that the Lakers have had a backup point guard, LeBron. LeBron, when he wants to be, is the point guard of every team he's on. And so having, I, I, I think I think this is also... The issue there so you're, is he you're starts. Saying, you're saying you're trading a big for a small, right? Uh, you're trading, you're trading uh, uh, DJ for DJ. But a center for a small, why does that make sense? And And part of that... Possibly the answer to that, not possibly, actually, the some of the answer to that is because LeBron is now, especially with AD out, is going to have to spend more time playing the five, certainly defensively and some offensively. So having another point guard option to take some of the creation and the usage, theoretically, away from LeBron, I think speaks to a realization that LeBron is going to have to play more five and is going to play more five, especially with, with AD out. So Darius has been sitting here. He's been, he's, he's accepted the invitation. Yeah, to speak. He's been yeah. sitting here for, for a minute. Darius, like we haven't spoken in, in any kind of public forum now in, in years. So how you been, bud? Like it's been way too long. Way too long. Indeed. <laughs> How is what? What do you think of the uh, the Augustine signing, the Gabriel potential addition, the DeAndre Jordan subtraction? Like I, I I freaked out the other night, and I just said some kind of change needs to be made here. And I was happy that it was this one; it was the most obvious one to to, to make. Um, what other thoughts do you have on 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 what the lake where the Lakers are at right now? I think the point that Aaron made um, about 
swapping a big for a small because they inherited a big in LeBron with AD out and the need for another guard to supplement some of the lineups, especially a guard who is actually a point guard and not someone who's masquerading as a point guard like Monk or THT, that that's important. It's a point that we discussed today on um, the LFR pod. And so that's out too. So you could get more of our thoughts there. Um, But I thought it was important for the team to make a move, really. Just, I had said the other day that um, the team not making any moves at the trade deadline, even marginal moves, or not finding a way to make this move earlier, it signaled that in some ways the front office was quitting on the team. Yeah. And, and so you, you know, we, we saw, we saw the Lakers sort of quit in a game on Sunday. And I thought that that was sort of reflective of the attitude around the organization at this particular point. Right. And so to see even a marginal move, like getting um, Augustine or waving Deandre just sort of sig- signaling that they're still trying to accomplish some something. I think that's important, even if none of these guys pan out or play well initially, just the idea of um, trying to move in a different direction is important at this point. Yeah, I, I agree 100% on the point of like, if in if a front office of a team that is clearly stuck in the mud keeps that team in that mud, eventually the team's just going to sink into the mud, right? Like that, t- eventually the team's just going to say, all right, I guess this is just who we are here. And this is uh, a front office that, you know, doesn't necessarily, we know that they don't believe in us because we've been in trade rumors for the last month. So they can't even go back to like, we are committed to you guys. We just, we saw our names in, in, in headlines and rumors for the entirety of the, the deadline news cycle and and then to go from that to no moves whatsoever was yeah I thought Sunday was kind of the natural endpoint to to how that was all playing out. Christian uh, Rivas is now joining us also, and Christian, you I think of the people that I follow uh, were the most skeptical about Augustine in in uh, specifically. So like where where were you coming from there? I I guess I just have a hard time buying like the addition by subtraction argument because Mm. DeAndre Jordan's played like three games of the last 15 games, which you can argue is more than he should be playing. And I agree, but I don't know if he's been, you know, so involved in the rotation that we can say that just moving on from him is a plus for the team. Like I understand if you, if you wanted to, you know, make the argument that waving somebody like Avery Bradley for a starting caliber shooting guard would have been a a plus move because the Lakers would have moved off of somebody that was playing probably way more minutes than he he should have. But in a a guy like DJ's case, I I just think he's been such an insignificant part of at least the the second half of, of the season that we're in right now that it really just doesn't matter. And I think I'd be a bigger fan of this move if it were like an open roster spot rather than them just going pool in on DJ Augustine. I think DJ Augustine can probably play, but, you know, does this excite me more than 
the Lakers signing Quinn Cook or Isaiah Thomas at, at this stage of the season? I don't know. Personally, I, I, I don't think so. Well, I think the other thing is that, yes, he hasn't played that much, but the reason is because of his lack of ability to play. It's almost like having another injured player. If you're like, oh, I know this person's not going to play. I know this person's not going to play. It adds up. And then with the absences they already have with, with none and with AD, it's just shortening up a roster that's already struggling even when it's fully healthy. So I think that's where people are kind of excited about the idea of, okay, now that roster spot's now used, hopefully. It at least gets a chance to be used. Whereas before, it was just sitting on the bench and you didn't want to bring it in because you knew you weren't getting anything. Sometimes just change for change sake a little bit. It's like, you know, you just change where your bed is just to make yourself feel better about the layout of the room. Sometimes <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what this is, right? Or it could be like a, a, a pawn moving piece. It's not going to rock the world. This isn't going to mean Lakers in five. But you got to make these little changes and adjustments. And again, like, like what Anthony said, Losing, I don't like to talk about player effort because I'm not a professional athlete and who am I to say what's going on in someone's head? But I think we can all agree that effort and that performance was unacceptable. And when you don't have any action, it implies that that it is acceptable. It's totally fine. I'm not mad. No one's getting traded. No one's getting waived. We're going to just keep on getting blown up by 30 and there will be no repercussions whatsoever. And we just have way too many games left for that to be the message. You know, five games left maybe, but 20-something, we need to have more effort than that. We can't have booze going all over Staples Center, the, the crypt, for, you know, a month and a half. That's too much time. And, and, and to add on to that point, too, Edwin, just simply put, like, basketball aside, like, I don't know if you guys have seen the meme with, like, the stick figure with the stick in his hand, like, poking at a rock or something, like, <laughs> yep. come on, do something. Like, that's literally where Laker Nation is at. It's like, we, I don't remember when the replacement players was going down in December, but after that whole mess, we kept the players that worked, you know, which was Stanley Johnson. From that point on, Till the trade deadline, we didn't move a muscle to now just something finally happening in, in a small shakeup. I think Laker Nation is excited for that. Simply put, no matter what it is or if it'll work or down the line, because the product that you know a company put on the on the court or on, in, on display for its audience uh, the other night was horrendous. So the fact that they responded to that because that was pathetic um, for all reasons we've already talked about is is something to you know commend in, in that sense. Is it too little, too late? Those are separate discussions. But simply from a product from a company to an audience standpoint, they responded, you know, to, to the fan base. And that's something we can't, we can't sniff our nose at. Chris. And I think it's very fair to say, can Augustine help? Very fair. And maybe not even probably even, I'll even grant you probably not, but you know who I know couldn't help me. DeAndre. Yeah. Well, yes. Although you versus DeAndre Jordan, I, I, maybe it's a toss up. <laughs> Yeah, he so, would toss yeah. me up in the air. But he would throw me, if I know, would throw if I me know past which ball. If I know one guy can't play, and there is a chance another guy can play, even if it's a small chance, then that is a net positive because we've seen DeAndre Jordan. We've seen that. We know what we we've seen that movie. I know how it ends. It doesn't end well. So yeah. just the chance at somebody else possibly being able to help even if it's just in a few minutes here or there. I know what I'm getting from DeAndre Jordan, and nobody likes that. So the and, chance that Augustine can play, mm -hmm. even if it's slim, remote, possible, doubtful, whatever you want to call it, I think th that is a fair criticism, but it's not like there's a lot out there on the buyout market or in yeah. the free agent market. Yeah. Uh, I, Anthony, Anthony met, mentioned uh, Tyreek Evans earlier. You want to talk about a guy who hasn't played anytime soon or recently, like, fine. 
Augustine may or may not be able to play, but I know DeAndre Jordan can't. And if I don't get out of here, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to keep asking Darius questions until he gives me the answer I want. <laughs> and I'm just going to give like random, uh, Darius, do you like me? Or Darius, do you think, do you, do you think Augustine can help? Or do you think two ways should be able to be allowed to play in the playoffs or plan until I get the answer I want, I'm going to keep lobbing questions at Darius. Wait, wait, are these real questions? They're not no, real questions, right? No, I just want you to say your catchphrase. That's all I want. Which one? Uh, I think it's the I think it's the yes or no. I think yeah. it's the yes or no. That's all I want. I'm like I'm only playing around. The, those are organic responses to right, actual questions. Enough. So fair you enough. know, if you were to ask me, do one of the things I wanted to ask y'all is the Lakers just signed these guys, right? And Gabriel's going to be on a two two way. Where do they play? Like, yeah. whose rotation spots are they taking? Mm-hmm. And that and that's... and does Gabriel help more than Augustine? So, yeah, there yes. was yes, a ways back, right? The, I remember these classic Mitch Kupchak trades where he trade for two players. And the guy who headlined the deal wasn't really the guy who was going to help, right? Like he had that trade with the Bobcats, for example, where he traded for Adam Morrison and he traded for Shannon Brown. And really the guy who ended up playing was Shannon Brown. And Mm -hmm. so, you, you know, Gabriel to me is a much more intriguing player from the context of like what the team needs are. Not to say that Augustine doesn't, offer a skill set that can help that can help because I think that he can help slot players appropriately within the context of bench units Um, where, but Gabriel's a much more interesting player from the context that he's tall, that, that he, yeah, that he's long, that he, that he plays with motor. Um, And these are things that have been, really lacking on this Lakers team, um, especially from the forward position. If anyone's been following the things that I've said or written pretty much all season, I think the Lakers have been missing a forward. And Stanley Johnson helped, but Stanley Johnson is one dude, and his minutes have been fluctuating lately as well. And, and so I'm, I'll put it back to y'all. Like, do you think that Gabriel actually plays? Because... I, I- so, let's let's start let's start with let's start with he needs all of Ariza's minutes. Let's start there. Exactly. And that's the thing I was gonna say, Darius, is like like this is an exciting signing, like to try out guys, but this love affair, the greatest of the century we've seen with Frank Vogel and these players, like I don't know what propaganda agenda is going on, is just something that's keeping, you know, that question looming. Is that is it really is Wendy and Gabriel gonna be enough to uh take away Trevor Ariza away from Frank Vogel in that starting spot? And, and Avery Bradley, people like that. It's it's just, that's the looming question over everyone's head. I mean, if he's on this two-way contract, you got to assume that he's going to get enough of an audition to be able to do so, right? Because Stanley Johnson on those 10-day contracts was given that shine a little bit to be able to show that he can produce in a sense. So you got to assume there's going to be some minutes there. To take Trevor Reese's uh, minutes immediately, that's pushing a little too much the way Frank's been operating with, with, with him. Well, they haven't been forwards. That's been the problem. Like, I, I'm yeah. not going to be the, the Vogel defender, but, you know, you can't have Stanley playing 38 minutes either. You know, he doesn't have size. 
and and Ariza stretches the floor a little bit. I agree. I mean, he got we saw him get cooked against Ingram. I understand, but it's like, well, what do you want me to do? What what? Give me a forward that is suitable, and I will put them there. You know, and then that's another issue with with AD being out. That that just it, again it hurts Slotty more. You know, Dwight Howard's in the center position. How many? You know, take a shot every time Dwight Howard went for a rebound, and it was two against one. Uh, you'll be you'll black out before we get to halftime in that game against the Pelicans. He was just being overwhelmed, and that's why our rebounds were so bad. I think we were out rebounded by twenty something rebounds. It, it's just a struggle when you don't have bigs, when you don't have centers and forwards who can actually produce. And you know, Ariza's had to play because if he doesn't play, there just isn't an option besides going small, and we know that also doesn't work. I also like the idea of Gabriel getting in there as a small ball, like you know, if you go. I, if you slide him in at the at the five, and you have LeBron next to him, and then you have Stanley Johnson, like that's a that's a quote unquote small front court, but it's also very physical, very long, you know, and 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 like that's 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 as close to like when the Lakers had Anthony Davis healthy and LeBron was in there. Uh, that's a quote-unquote small ball lineup because AD is sliding down a position, but it's still technically a huge front court. Uh, and and I think the Lakers have really missed being bigger, stronger, faster with able and capable, consistently able and capable bodies. Because like Dwight, once every couple weeks or so, will look like that again. And you'll say, oh man, I miss this guy. But he can only do that once every other week or so. And I think with Gabriel, if he could be there as the five and you have Johnson and LeBron kind of pinning down and helping him on the boards and then getting out with with those guys and with, I think you need to play Monk and you need to probably play Reeves in that kind of a lineup uh, so that you have some kind of floor spacing as well. Like if you can if you can get that kind of a group and they can come at teams in waves, uh, that's the kind of basketball that the Lakers have really been needing to play all season. They just haven't been able to because they aren't getting stops, and because even you know first halves of every game it feels like lately they want to go into this kind of walk the ball up the court mentality, and that just doesn't really work for them. So I think Gabriel getting in there and being able to to get the board and outlet it quickly and and get out on the break and fill that rim running opportunity, those rim running opportunities. Like that's, that's what I, when, when I saw his name pop up one, I was really surprised he was available. And two, that's exactly the kind of role that I was hoping that he would, he would slide into. And, and I, those minutes are available. Like they don't so have a guy gonna, like that. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I think that, as I said earlier, uh, half an hour ago, I think the Lakers biggest problem this year outside of injuries, COVID and absences, et cetera, is, a lack of give a fuck and a lack of try and a mm-hmm. lack of focus and a lack of athleticism and effort and a LeBron Stanley Johnson, Wenyan Gabriel trio in the front court is going to try and you got good athletes and they're going to play hard. All of that is true. So I'm not going to disagree with you. However, if you're going to play small, with that and not be able to shoot that's death you can't yeah, play small and not true. shoot and that and and those three if you want to add reeves and monk that five they're like it, if you're going to play small you better be able to shoot and that three those three in the front court are going to get killed on the glass are going to get killed by some bigger post-up guys bigger centers and those three can't shoot so if you're going to play small, you better be able to shoot. And that terrifies me about that group. 
The, I, I think it, it's it's an extremely small sample size, but Jacob was talking about in, in the uh, silver, and I think he even tweeted out uh, the other day about how Gabriel actually shot the ball pretty well in New Orleans. Uh, it, it, I think it was only on like 27 or 30 shots. So it's the kind of thing that it's very easy to write off and it could have just been an outlier stretch for him. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they would, you know, Reeves has really uh, kind of been in a slump in terms of his shooting of late. Uh, Monk, I think Monk, I, I feel really bad for because the guy was playing well enough to, to, I thought, solidify his starting spot. And then he just kind of jumped around the rotation and I don't think that has has boded very well for him. But but Darius, what kind of lineup would you say works the best if if you are going out of your way to get Gabriel some minutes here because it's a ten day? Uh, what what kind of lineup would you look to fill out with him? Because I think you and I, like you, I, I did I filled out those rules earlier this year about you know lineup rotation rules or whatever. And you did a, a similar exercise to that where uh, I think before that where it was like you know, combinations. And if you look at the roster and who needs to play with whom and stuff like that. So if, if you were to do that kind of an exercise with a focus on Gabriel here, how would that look like? Yeah, it's interesting about what lineups he's going to work best in. I think that the lineups, the lineups I'd be looking at are the lineups where Dwight's been playing too many minutes and, mm-hmm. LeBron isn't going to necessarily spend his entire minutes log at center, right? Especially if Dwight is going to continue to start games. And so I'd be looking at lineups potentially where you need more size across the front court, but neither Dwight or LeBron are in the game. And so Frank's been going to lineups with Stanley and Ariza or he's been using these lineups where like Mello is in and he's been trying to stretch out Dwight. But the other night he even went to DeAndre because they didn't have a big to actually play. I'd be very interested in seeing line lineups with basically three forwards on, well, on the court. Mm-hmm. Gabriel isn't really a role man from what I've mm-hmm. seen. He's more of a pick and pop guy if, if he's going to play and he'll space, um, He's not necessarily a shooter, like Aaron said. He's only taken, I think, 50 or 52 threes in his entire NBA career, and I think he's hit 38% of them. And so the sample size is too small to determine whether or not he's a shooter or not. I know that he'll shoot those shots and that he'll space out. And so the idea of surrounding lesser athletic players with players who have more motor, I think, is important. And so if you're going to play mellow, um, and maybe in mellow in lineups without LeBron and without Dwight, then flanking him with like Stanley Johnson and winning Gabriel is an interesting proposition to me. Playing those guys with Russ might be interesting as well, because then at least maybe you have a little bit of of floor spacing and more athleticism to run the floor and get out and play in more um, chaotic environments, which I think, will suit those lineups a little bit better that will better right i don't know if you can play gabriel next to lebron for super long stretches um unless maybe you do flank them with mellow as well Mm -hmm. right um and then you're asking whoever this is where who the other team is playing matters as well i i think a lot of times we look at 
what the Lakers are doing from a lineup perspective and view it through the prism of what the Lakers guys can do without necessarily wondering why they're in the game against other teams and whether or not they're actually the right players to play against other teams as well. And so I think if you're playing a group that doesn't necessarily have a big who is going to try to post up or bang, then that's when you might want Gabriel in. Like, if you look at his basketball reference page, he weighs, like, what, 205 or 210? So he's much more of a rangy forward than mm-hmm. he is someone who's going to hold up down low, right? And so look for him in lineups where – or try to leverage what he does well in, in, in lineups where guys are going to run – a little bit more and space a little bit more and, and play with pace a little bit more. And I mentioned this on today's L global LFR pod, but you've got this idea of two really different distinct line lineup types. Now you brought in a guy like, like Augustine who is more of a traditional point guard, slow it down. Let's play mm-hmm. some half court action. Let's run some pick and roll. He'll space to, to the corner. He'll shoot the mid range jumper. Great. Right. But that's a totally different style than playing than that, like chaotic quarter that the Lakers played against the Clippers on Thursday on, on Friday night, where it was all running and just up and down and up and down and up and down. And Augustine is not going to play that style. Right. And, and so I think one of the challenges for Frank Vogel is to figure out what types of lineups are going to work well together, when to deploy those against what the opponent is is doing, and whether or not they're suitable at all in, in any give, given game. And that's one of the challenges for this roster construction is that you've got disparate pieces that create sort of a dissonance between what style to play, um, even within the su- – well, even within the same team. And I think it's one of the reasons why the team has struggled the way that they have. So Darius just made a really, in my opinion, important point there. And why did, why did Dwight play so much on Sunday? And then why did Frank have to even try DJ? And the answer to that is because the Pelicans were playing Jackson Hayes, who is in the modern NBA, a center, at power forward and he's been really good at it they've been playing too big he's been, and and between him and steven adams they were just too big for the lakers they were the destroyer of worlds so in figuring out lineup combinations for the lakers and anthony you mentioned gabriel and stanley and lebron as your front court that kind of team has no chance even put talent aside just size athleticism yeah, size matters there's no chance. Well, and you know what? I was going to say something there, and I'm not. Um, <laughs> but that 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 front court has no chance against Stephen Adams and Jackson Hayes. You just don't. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, you're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're just going to get destroyed on the glass, as the Lakers did. So Darius is making a, what I think is an important point there. When trying to figure out lineup combinations for the Lakers, you have to consider – who you're going against because there are times where like, it just doesn't matter unless you have Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Steph Curry, you, you can't play small because you're just going to get destroyed and it's not going to work. 
Yeah, I, I also I also kind of wonder here, because the Lakers really haven't leaned, you, they've hardly used their two-way players this year up with the parent team. And I kind of wonder if this is a player that they even see, you know, really helping the parent team. Like, Aaron, from your poking around, do you see this as more of like a move to build towards the future, see what they have with this guy kind of down the road? Or do you think the Lakers think that he can help right away? You're talking about Gabriel? Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it's a this year move because, um, like Stanley Johnson, you get a chance to see what you think of of him and see if you can then, you know, have a, have an inside track to sign him um, as a roster guy going forward. Um. I, yeah, I think I think it's a, I think it's a this year move because he he has been around the NBA enough and a you know fringe NBA guy enough and has been on enough teams that he's going to be he's going to be a guy that's going to have opportunities in the offseason. So I think this is more about seeing what you can get this year and hopefully finding some kind of marriage that leads to something going forward. Yeah, because like the the reason I bring that up is, you know, because Christian was talking earlier about whether or not DeAndre Jordan is even can't even be considered addition by subtraction because of how little, you know, smaller role that he has played this year. And I just looked at it as like, that was the easiest Band-Aid to rip off. Every other Band-Aid that the Lakers rip off here comes with some kind of downside here. DeAndre was, it was an easy one. Like that, that wasn't working. He's not an NBA player anymore. Unless you're Philly. Philly, uh, if you want to save the Lakers some tax dollars and claim them off of waivers, like do your thing. <laughs> that that's your guys' that's your guys' call. But but I, I I do think though that like when it comes to like what decision comes next. So if Gabriel does show out, right? Do they waive? Uh, do they waive? Basemore? Do they waive Bradley? Like what? Like who? Like the next decision after this is a lot more complicated than DeAndre Hennessy, Jordan. Was. Tennessee, Tennessee is delicious. I don't know if anybody knows that, but <laughs> Tennessee is delicious. I think that's the frustrating part about all of this, guys. Is just that they're Laker fans. They can name you four or five guys on this roster that are not playable, and so the fact that they weren't waived for additional moves or options, uh, you know, earlier like this, you, you know, is just baffling in a sense, you know, Baysmore, yeah. I think is the easiest one to go uh, in a sense. And so, and Ellington, if Frank doesn't like him, I mean, I like him as a player, not having a use for him. I mean, you got to consider that as well, but you know, these options right now are really lining up. And so, I mean, if Wenyon uh, shows out, like you say, I don't think there's going to be any qualms or any frustrations about letting Kent Baysmore go. Uh, for nothing. So that, that's, that's, that's for sure. But I did want to add on to Aaron's point a little while ago about the inspired basketball we're going to see from these guys and why I think it, it's going to lead to, I predict a win tonight for sure. Uh, because that's what happens with inconsistent teams. The, the new juice, the new energy, uh, you know, the excitement, right? Even Isaiah Thomas, his first game, he was scoring in bunches and Laker fans were pretty impressed. So I just think the fact that new energy is able to come in um, and show out in the excitement of, uh, you know, players and, and LeBron's acceptance, Russ's acceptance, they're going to find a groove, maybe catch fire, and Laker fans are going to uh, like this introduction uh, for, from these two additions tonight. Yep. Shout out from your, from your lips to God's ears, brother. I got to go watch this shit in person. So, uh, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> Making man. that straw is just to keep saying over here myself, man. I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well, we are, uh, we are more than an hour into this thing. Uh, I greatly appreciate everybody who hopped on here. Aaron, Shub, Edwin, Christian, 
Uh, Darius, that was a that was a blast, a really fun conversation here. If you missed any of it, I'm going to be taking this audio, converting it, and throwing it up on the Silver Schooner Roll podcast feed. You can find that everywhere that you get your podcast. Just search Silver Schooner Roll, uh, and it'll pop right up. Uh, until next Tuesday, I'm Anthony Irwin. This has been the Anthony Irwin Show live. We'll talk to you then.